The Capitals shut out the Ducks by a score of two to nothing. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. I would love to talk Capitals hockey with you one-on-one, and we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's Terms of Use for more details. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about how the Capitals pick up a much-needed two points as they take down the Anaheim Ducks. We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about how it seems apparent that Charlie Lindgren is now the number one netminder for the Capitals, but with performances like Kemper had tonight, he could make it interesting. And then a little bit later, we will have your comments. But just to get it going here, a great game for the Capitals, all things considered. Uh, this was a team that was playing 100% the entire game. And if you're an everydayer of the show, one of the things that I talk about all the time is the Capitals need to play a complete game. And they did that tonight. And what happened? They picked up a big win. It was one to nothing for a lion's share of the game. Ethan Bear got his first goal. But I like the game, and I think that the Capitals, if they could kind of harness that and use that going forward, I think that could be a key to their success. But just, you know, not a really exciting game for a line share of the game, as the score was only one to nothing for most of it. But uh, it was a Capitals team that was playing well. The Capitals down the Ducks at two to nothing. As we know, Tom Wilson got the empty netter, and they did. They needed those two points as the Capitals are desperate to try to climb back into the Metro division. Uh, I'm not saying they're out of it yet, but it is going to be an uphill climb if they have any hopes of even making it to a wild card spot or anything more. But uh, it's it's important, I think, not to look too far down the football field and say, well, what are we going to do, you know, two, three months from now? You have to concentrate on the next game, and it's the Blues coming up here, and how are you going to be prepared for them? It was a complete game, and the lines one through four were impressive. Oftentimes... On this show, I'll talk about the bottom six, or I'll talk about the fourth line in particular, but this was a really dialed-in Capitals team uh, from top to bottom. And, you know, it went all the way out to Darcy Kemper and Nett, just a really solid showing for the Capitals. But this was another game that the Capitals were without Alex Ovechkin. Ovechkin uh, sat out his third straight game. He was hurt on January 5th, as we remember, after colliding with Jordan Stahl and taking the brunt of the impact to the back of his leg. 
Um, kind of the interesting thing for the Capitals now, however, is that top line of Pacioretty, Strom, and Oshie. I mean, they're doing a good job. They're generating chances. They're putting pressure on the opposition. What do they do when Alex Ovechkin returns? And what kind of Alex Ovechkin are the Capitals going to have when he returns? Uh, like I talked about, it was kind of a snore fest at points for the game as it was one to nothing, and that's a good thing. The Capitals were in the lead. Um, but there were points in the game where I thought, uh-oh, uh, this is too good to be true. It, it is only a one-goal lead. What is going to happen in the third? Are they going to tie it up? It wasn't the case as the Capitals continued to clamp down. A huge game for Ethan Bear uh, as he gets his first goal as a Washington Capital. A big night for him. He is uh, a shutdown defenseman that has a two-way game, an offensive flair, and that was evident. Uh, but, you know, I'm very happy for Ethan Bear. I do think that he is going to be a big piece for the Capitals in years to come on the blue line. So to see him get a contribution with a goal, that was really a big thing. And Ethan Bear uh, was engaged in this game. Bear got three shots on goal. Ethan Bear scores his first goal as a Capitals to give a one to nothing lead with 38 seconds remaining in the first. It marks the 10th time the Capitals have scored a goal in the final minute of a period this season. So the Capitals like to turn it on a little bit later in the period. I'll take it that way. I think that the Capitals played a really solid game and Ethan Bear getting scoring. You know, that's one of the things that we talk about in the show. If you're an everyday, you know that is that it is five on five scoring and it's getting scoring from different sources. It's not just the marquee names on the team. Uh, it's getting the contributions uh, of the guys on the blue line as well. Uh, and that was evident and uh, a great evening for Ethan Bear. Uh, TJ Oshie recorded the primary assist on Bear's goal, extending his point streak to three games. Oshie has recorded five points, three goals, two assists in his last six games played dating back to December 14. So TJ Oshie is a guy that came back from injury and is in playing in top form. We need a whole lot more of that. And I'm not too surprised, I guess I got to say, that TJ Oshie is playing as well that he is. He's a great playmaker. Not always finding the back of the net, but he did that uh, just a couple games ago as well. So is this, you know, uh, TJ Oshie just going to really ramp it up and help this team make a push? That would be a great thing. You know, you take that. With the top line was uh, Pacioretty, Strom, and Oshie. You know, if you could kind of spread that out a little bit, I think that would be really great for the Capitals. And we really hope at the end of the day uh, that when Alex Ovechkin makes his return, that he's going to be good to go, that he's going to be able to be a contributor in the goal scoring department. I understand that he, you know, is getting a lot of points as far as assists and that thing is concerned, but his bread and butter is scoring goals, and that is what we're going to need from Alex Ovechkin when he returns. Could you imagine what this team would be like right now if he did have the 20, 30, or 40 goals that he normally scores in a season? That would be a key thing. Nick Jensen earned the secondary assist on Bears goal, his seventh assist of the season. Caps defensemen have combined for 15 points, four goals, 11 assists over Washington's last eight games. The blue line 
does get involved. Uh, they are two-way players. They are not stay-at-home defensemen. They like to get involved, and that's the way we like it. You take a look at John Carlson. He's also that way, so just really key uh, in the Capitals' success. But like I talked about, for a good chunk of the game, you know, there's only a few minutes left in the game uh, when the uh, Anaheim Ducks pulled their netminder that Tom Wilson got the empty netter. But for the most part, it was one to nothing. So what does that mean? It means that Darcy Kemper played a good game. The defense, everyone was playing a sound game defensively. And I wish they would have scored more goals, of course. But the one that they scored that really was the one that kind of accounted for everything, that was what was important. And then Tom Wilson getting the empty netter, that was just icing on top of the cake. But a really, really great win for the Capitals. We hope that they can have that uh, going forward as they play the Blues later on this week. Tom Wilson scores his 12th goal of the season on an empty net to extend the Capitals' lead 2 to nothing. It marks Wilson's 11th career goal against Anaheim, which is tied for Pittsburgh for the most goals he has scored against a single franchise. Again, I talk about this on this show all the time. Why is it that certain players have certain teams' numbers I guess I ultimately don't know. It's just, you know, it's different because there's different goalies, there's different players, there's different coaching systems, but yet they have such luck against certain teams. It is quite mystifying. Um, and the big thing is the Capitals not losing focus in this game, to kind of reiterate. They played a really great game. And I'll talk about Darcy Kemper a little bit later, but, you know, making it interesting that Charlie Lindgren is the number one netminder, but Darcy Kemper stopped all 24 shots he faced against Anaheim to earn his first shutout of the season and his 31st of his career. Kemper's 31 career shutouts are the eighth most among active goaltenders. Uh, so let's not be so dismissive of Darcy Kemper. I know that he is not necessarily having the season that uh, we had hoped for, or I guess that he had hoped for, but he is still one heck of a netminder and a luxury for the Capitals, Carlson led all caps with four shots on goal. Alex Alexiev, hmm, do you have to think about him for a while? He was the, the player that in the summer everyone had circled for being, this is going to be the year for Alex Alexiev on the blue line. Well, he was put in the deep freeze, but they thought him out. Alex Alexiev was back in the lineup after 24 consecutive healthy scratches as he skated 16-41 in return. Trevor Van Riemsdyk was out of the game. Um, I had hopes for Alex Alexiev that this was going to be his year. Things changed. The Capitals signed Joel Edmondson. Uh, then there was a, a battle in camp with Lucas Johansson and Hardy Haman Octel that it kind of, you know, uh, confused the situation a little bit, I guess I'm going to say. I think that if the Capitals had not signed uh, Joel Edmondson, and they may flip him at the trade deadline, I guess it depends on how the Capitals' season is going, that Alex Alexiev was going to be in the mix. And, you know, the thing that I had read on Alex Alexiev is he never had a bad attitude. Despite the fact that he went 24 consecutive games as a healthy scratch, he put in the work in camp with a health, the strength and conditioning coach to make sure that he was in peak fitness. So when he was called upon, 
he was ready. Um, so just a really uh, great game uh, for Alex Alexiev, you know, taking on 1641. That is quite a few minutes uh, in your first game back in 24. So uh, we hope to see a whole lot more. You got to kind of think to a certain extent, are they kind of trying to showcase Alex Alexiev a little bit? Do they plan on moving Alex Alexiev perhaps? Um, I guess stranger things have happened. One of the things I talk about on the show is that the Capitals have a glut of talent on the blue line. Could Heat potentially be on the move? I guess we'll find out. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about how Lindgren is the number one netminder for the Capitals, or should we not be so quick to make that judgment? I'll discuss next. It is the halfway point of the season, and let's face it, Capitals fans, it's been an up-and-down season. Regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Now, let me tell you something, guys. I was not the kind of guy that was that into fantasy sports, but now that I've found Sleeper, let me tell you something. I love it. To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Capitals fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So as we talk about the goaltenders for the Capitals, as we went into this season, it was, there was no question. Darcy Kemper was the number one netminder for the Capitals. He's the guy that they gave the long contract to with all kinds of money, won a Stanley Cup with the Avalanche, but things have changed this season. Darcy Kemper has posted some of his worst stats of his career this year, and Charlie Lindgren is coming on strong. Uh, so Charlie Lindgren has all but been named the number one netminder for the Capitals, but a performance from Darcy like the one tonight surely makes things interesting. One of the things that we know is the trade deadline is coming up here in March and the Capitals want to get better. If it's not this season, in coming seasons. So if they're buyers, if they're in the in the belief that they're going to make a push or are they sellers that they want to be better in years to come, they do have options and they do have options in net. Uh, Darcy Kemper, 
You know, a big contract, a long contract, money-wise, term-wise, I don't know if another team would be willing to take that on considering that he hasn't posted his best stats this season. If you look at the back of his hockey card, you might go, hmm, I notice a bit of a slide there. So Charlie Lindgren is a guy that the Capitals have on the cheap, relatively speaking, and is playing uh, you know, like a number one netminder. His stats are actually some of the best in the NHL, and he is, you know, the number two, I guess, unofficially. Uh, and then you take a look down the depth chart. You take a look at Charlie Lindgren. You take a look at Clay Stevenson. The Capitals have options. But what Darcy Kemper did tonight made it interesting. Maybe we shouldn't be so quick to jump to any sort of conclusion. Like I said, Charlie Lindgren has had officially been named the Capitals' number one netminder. Carberry just wanted Kemper to play a solid game tonight. That's what he told him. He goes, don't try to go out and do anything too flashy. Just go up out there and play your game. He said, just have a solid start, Carberry said. Nothing outside the realm. Just be solid. Be the guy that you are. And I think he did that. I mean, I you can't really argue anything. He didn't allow a single goal tonight. And I understand that it was against an Anaheim team that is not one of the best teams in the NHL. However, to be able to hold a team in the NHL to zero goals is quite impressive. Uh, but, you know, talking about the number one, the number two, don't tell Darcy that he is the number two on the team who pitched a shutout making a case not to be too hasty in naming the number one spot. And I don't want to get too hasty saying that Darcy is the number one. This is a league of what have you done for me lately, and I appreciate Darcy Kemper you know, playing a really bit good game. But I think that Spencer Carberry kind of showed his cards a little bit when he had Charlie Lindgren play a back-to-back -back against New York you know, generally speaking, in the National Hockey League, you split that up. I know that in the American Hockey League, sometimes you can even go three games in a row, but he kind of tipped his hand as to which direction he's leading. Uh, Kemper played big and didn't fold in the third, even when under heavy pressure from Anaheim. With just one goal lead until the last few minutes of the game, I had fears that Anaheim would tie it up, but Kemper was a brick wall in net. Consistency is going to be the key for Darcy Kemper uh, if he wants to have the belief and if the Capitals want to have the belief in him that he is the number one, the guy that's going to carry the workload. Because I think the Capitals, Brian McClellan, are going to explore options uh, to make this team better. If you know there's a suitor out there for one of the netminders for the Capitals, I think the Capitals will be all ears. Carberry had wanted Lindgren to kind of take over the net, and that was evident, like I said, when he played back-to-back -back games against the first-place New York Rangers that he had faith that Charlie Lindgren was the guy. Uh, open lines of commu uh, communication, why we're making decisions, uh, thought process. I never shy away from that. Carberry says, I'll be open book when it comes to uh, why we make decisions when it comes to who's starting. Sometimes they agree with it. Sometimes they don't, but they'll always know why and the rationale between the right and the wrong. And, you know, one of the things I'm going to say is, you know, Darcy Kemper is a guy like everyone, every person out there that plays with pride. You know, I, I came here, I signed the big deal with the expectation of being the number one. But why is this guy, this Charlie Lindgren guy, why is he playing back-to-back -back games against New York? Why not me coach? And there's got to be a little bit of that resentment. So I do think that Darcy Kemper had a chip on his shoulder going into this game and mission accomplished. He played lights out. He could have done nothing better 
Um, and the one thing I'm going to say is Lindgren has been nothing but supportive, telling him he's one of the best goalies out there. And I don't think there's any bad blood. We shouldn't hold this against Charlie. I don't think Darcy should hold it against him. He's just playing that much better. Kemper has struggled overall in net and has posted some of his worst numbers in his career this season. And, you know, it's not just Darcy Kemper. And I know what you're going to say. You know, it's the defense. And that's what I'm going to say. It's the defense sometimes folding in front of Darcy Kemper. Uh, you could also argue that that's the same defense that is in front of Charlie Lindgren, but it's about a confidence thing. Sometimes players play more confidently if they know that they have a guy in net that's going to be that brick wall. I will say that, you know, just statistically speaking, that Charlie Lindgren is better at seeing the puck a little bit better from near the net or great distance and can react that much better. He puts himself in a position to win. Um, and that is why he is kind of unofficially, officially <laughs> the number one netminder for the Capitals. For me, I'm not too worried about feelings. I understand. I can empathize uh, with how Darcy Kemper is feeling. You know, I I don't want him to feel bad about this, but I don't care about that. I hate to sound cavalier or callous about it. I want the number one netminder for the Capitals. You know, if you want to remove the title, I'm going to just say the capital that, you know, gets the most of the starts, the majority of the starts to be the guy that's the most competent that is going to give the Capitals the best chance at winning games. That's it. I don't care who it is. If it's Hunter Shepard, if it was Clay Stevenson, if it was anybody else, I want the most qualified guy in between the pipes that's going to give the Capitals the best chance at win. We have no time left to squander this season. The Capitals have a tall, tall order to even make it to a wild card spot. We need the best of the best between the pipes and for right now, I know that Darcy Kemper played well, but I need to see more of that before I'm going to you know, put my confidence in the Darcy Kemper basket. For me right now, Chucky Sideburns is still the number one until he proves me wrong. All right, so coming up here after the break, in yesterday's show, I talked about you know, movement that could take place on the Capitals, but before the trade deadline. And there were quite a few comments from Capitals fans out there. What your thoughts were on the Capitals? Are they buyers? Are they sellers? I'll discuss next. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So as the trade deadline approaches, it's in March. The Capitals have some tough decisions to make, and a lot of it's in their hands. If they could go on and win a bunch of games, actually string together a bunch of wins this season, then potentially Brian McClellan might go all in and help the Capitals make a push 
if the if the team continues to play mediocre to you know below average, then the Capitals will most likely be sellers. But in the event that the Capitals are buyers, who should they target? In the event that they're sellers, who is expendable? That was the topic for yesterday's shows, and I do have some comments from some of the people that watch and listen to the show. This comment comes in from Subtext. If you haven't done that, go to the show description. It is for Capitals Insiders, where you can tweet me directly, or excuse me, text message me directly, and I will text you back. This was a text that I got today. He says, I think Kemper is not the one that should be getting paid the big bucks. I think adding Kemper and Kuzi in a trade deal would not be too bad of an idea. Kemper, yes. Again, like I talked about earlier in the show, I think there's going to be some reluctance to take on that long-term deal and that the big bucks. And given the fact that he has been playing mediocre or less, uh, again, people around the league, GMs around the league, they can see the back of their hockey card. They don't walk into these deals blindly. And as far as Evgeny Kuznetsov is concerned, again, he has been hot. He has been cold. Mostly cold, I'm going to go ahead and say. And GM Brian McClellan, I think, would love to trade Evgeny Kuznetsov. I just think that, you know, I don't think there's a lot of teams that are looking for his services. Uh, the closest that came was with Barry Trotz uh, and the Nashville Predators. Um, that It seemed like that was going to be apparent, uh, but then that fizzled. Um, so... Ultimately, that deal went sour. Uh, it was rumored that the Capitals would have got Duchesne in return. That would have been a big piece, but uh, ultimately was not meant to be. So Kuzi um, is going to be a tough move. I think that that will probably happen this summer. I think that the Capitals will have to accept less than what they want uh, because I don't think that they're in the Kuzi market anymore. He has shown flashes of greatness, but you need more from that. He was drafted with high hopes for the Capitals, and he has never really lived up to expectation of what he should do. Uh, and Kemper, again, his biggest ding on him is he's had a below average season and he is getting paid too much money and is on too long of a term that if there is a goalie to be dealt, I hate to say it, it's probably going to be Charlie Lindgren if they're going to do that, in fact, or, you know, like a Hunter Shepard, you know, who has quite a resume, the MVP of the Calder Cup, that kind of thing. Um, so I do think that there's a move out there, but I think that the move that the Capitals will make will be the one that kind of stings a little bit. Maybe the one that hits a little bit too close to home. Uh, another comment here on YouTube. Unfortunately, I think it is likely the team is going to be a seller. They've been inconsistent and haven't shown the ability to compete night in and night out. The degree they would be a seller is another thing. With Ovi here and having two more years on his contract, I don't see them doing a full rebuild. Tarek Elbashir has mentioned that quite often, uh, that uh, Brian McClellan told him that this team would not face a major rebuild while he's here. I think that that could possibly be negotiable if Alex Ovechkin doesn't come around in the goal-scoring department. But one of the key questions is if uh, Ovi is falling off the cliff quickly or is this season an anomaly? And he bounces back to, say, a 30-plus goal next year. Regardless, they need more to be more of an elite team in the league again. I think they are maybe a three or four pieces away from that. They've been drifting since their cup, and it's catching up with them. Really quite disappointing, to be honest. That comment comes in from YouTube. Uh, I agree. It's been disappointing. But the thing about it for Alex Ovechkin is, is it Spencer Carberry Systems? He has flourished 
under every coach that he's played for, did Father Time punch him square in the jaw? I don't think that's the case. So I think that it's either an injury, an injury that he's had even before his current injury that's derailed him. He's got shots. He's not finding the back of the net. What is going on with it? Uh, Spencer Carberry systems, he's, we're already in the halfway point of the season. If Ovi doesn't know the systems, if any of the other Capitals players don't know at this point, I don't think they're ever going to know. To hope that Alex Ovechkin is going to have a bounce-back season, I need to see proof of that. If he can rebound in the second half of the season, I would buy into that philosophy, or that theory, rather. But as for right now, seeing is believing, and I have not seen that. Uh, He's not totally absent from the score sheet. He is getting all kinds of points with assists, those type of things. But what he is known for, and a lot of people like to dodge that, they're like, he's getting points, he's getting assists. What is Alex Ovechkin known for number two all-time in goals scored in the NHL that's what they need from him goals scored and I'm not even so worried about the Gretzky thing I'm kind of worried about it but I we need his production on this team if this Caps team wants to be competitive another comment here from Jay Palmer 9286 what's going on with Backstrom is he going to retire most likely I guess I'm going to say I think that that would be a decision that is made in the offseason uh, we know that he has skated around the ice in like sweatpants and like street clothes but I don't think that he will probably ever play another game of hockey again in the NHL I just don't believe it that hip is something that he had high hopes for and listen anytime I talk about this this is knock not a knock on Nick Backstrom. He did what he had to do so he could live comfortably in his daily life. He couldn't tie shoes. He couldn't play with his kids. Uh, Towards the end of the season, he needed help off the ice last season. He was in rough shape. He did what he had to do. He made a gamble. And I'm not going to say he lost, but he's at a point in his life where he didn't you know, come back from it quite uh, the way that he had hoped. And Brian McClellan had reservations about that. He said that there was no real conclusive evidence of players making a favorable return from this kind of procedure. And again, another case where it's not too favorable. Um, I would love to be wrong. I don't, I really don't think that I'm going to be. I think that, you know, he may, maybe at the, at the highest, I think he maybe will practice with the team, but I would be most surprised if Nick Backstrom plays another game in the NHL. And it's, it's truly a sad thing because he was key with Alex Ovechkin. And I know oftentimes they didn't play on the same line anymore. You know, the last couple of years here, but he assisted on more Alex Ovechkin goals than anyone else. And uh, Nick Baxter, for me, will always go down as one of the greatest to ever do it. And uh, I ultimately wish him nothing but the best. Listen, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, your only daily year-round podcast covering the Washington Capitals. And I want to thank all of you that listen to this on the audio side or watch this on YouTube. You are ultimately what makes this show successful. When you're done here, head on over to Locked On's 24-7 streaming channel. Go to Locked On Sports today and you on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.